Hey y'all, welcome to the Marty's Miss America podcast. Not the Marty's Miss America podcast, as so many of you like to tell Travis and me. Marty Smith's America podcast. We have made it 75 podcasts, Travis. That's impressive. Fire off some, uh, some, some Roman candles and some bottle rockets. Let's get redneck on this thing. Let's crack some bud heavies. I'm all for that stone cold style. Pretty cool. I had a big weekend last weekend. I was in Athens, Georgia for SEC nation and there was an upset there in case y'all missed it. And we can get into that a little bit. We can get into, uh, where we're going this weekend, what we have going on, some cool things with the book. And, uh, but first, you know what I've been thinking about, man? Like I've been diving into like really super sad country music songs and it is unbelievable how sad, like really sad I can still make Cheyenne is. Okay. Like. Think about this song. Break this song down. This song is, all right, this rodeo guy, this cowboy, and he's been gone chasing, chasing a rodeo. And he calls home and, and tells mama, Hey, I'm coming home to you. And he's like, I know I didn't have a chance to write you. I didn't have a chance to call. I've been, I've been running hard. This rodeo's hard on us. And she basically is like, man, don't even, don't even come home. I don't need you. I got another guy and he ain't chasing them damn, them damn bulls around. And the fiddle in that song is, it's amazing how it accentuates the story. The fiddle is so, it, it's such a, like a whiny, sad sound. And it just accentuates that song so much. How well do you know that song, Travis? I, I know of the song. But the depth of it, I do not actually had to pull up the lyrics as you're talking about it because I I don't know all the lyrics. I I'm aware of it. It's you know, George Strait. You know it, but the exact meaning and everything, I do not know. I could sing it for you, but we can't afford that. Our budget um, is like a dollar fifty cent. We can barely buy a beer with our budget. We sure can't, man. Uh, but I've just been really diving into that after the Ken Burns documentary, and. It just that 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 documentary inspired me so much because I knew kind of where country music came from. I knew it came from the hills of Appalachia and whatnot, uh, uh, East Tennessee. And and then, of course, there was a big movement in Texas and all of those things. And it just made me really start diving into sad songs because there's so much in that documentary about George Jones, who was the king of sad country music songs. Well, him and I guess Hank Williams. And it's just unbelievable. I like that emotion. I don't know how you feel about it. I know some people don't. Some people don't want to hear sad songs. I love them. I love them because they make me consider my own life so much. And when you have, you know, some people will tell you that he stopped loving her today is the greatest country music song of all time. And it's the saddest all right, that was a good that was a good talk. Travis. I thought you, I thought you had more coming. Nope, nope, that was a real good talk, bud. Okay, <laughs> I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you had a follow up. Here. Bring it in here, team. Ready, break. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, I, I just I'm in that kind of headspace right now with with everything, and we'll have some news coming up here. Travis and I have a couple guests coming up on the podcast that. We'll dive pretty deep into those types of topics. And- That's what I tweeted it out. I didn't. I, I said I'm not going to say who, 
but we have some pretty cool guests coming up. We have, and I'm pretty excited about it. We have two guests coming up that y'all are going to love, man. And I, I am so excited about, and I'm not saying who until it, it happens. Yeah. No, we, and, and we shouldn't, and we shouldn't, man. Um, amazing weekend in Athens, Georgia. That place is a diamond, dude. Have you ever been there? I have not. The only you got to go. The only SEC school I've ever been to is LSU, and that is last year. It the one cool thing about the SEC, and of course, I've been completely immersed in that conference this year, hosting Nation. Uh, whereas in the past, I've gone all around the Big Ten, whether that's Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. I've gone all around the ACC. Uh, certainly, with Clemson being so good and so prominent, Norman, Oklahoma. And I've been to Norman, Oklahoma a lot throughout the Big 12. So I normally hop around and have a, a much broader, much broader concept of, of what's going on. But I'm so in a SEC rabbit hole this year because of the show that I'm hosting that we go to these campuses on Thursdays and we're there until Saturdays. And the authenticity and the quaint nature of places like Knoxville, Tennessee and Athens, Georgia. And I'm going, I've never been to Starkville, Mississippi. I'm going to Starkville, Mississippi this weekend. Bring your cowbell to see. I'll bring my cowbell and I can't wait to see Starkville. I've never been there. And I know that it's a very passionate, passionate fan base and whatnot. And they got our boy Joe Moorhead down there now. He's, he's doing a good job. They had a tough loss to Tennessee last weekend, but he's doing a really good job. And being in Athens was cool. I've been to Athens before. The first time I ever went to Athens, Georgia, was actually for a Jason Aldean concert. Aldean, many moons ago, probably 12, I don't know, 2012 or so, probably, 2013, I don't know. He played Sanford Stadium, and it was a huge deal for him. Jason grew up a monster Georgia Bulldogs fan. He remains so to this day. I've not checked on him since his dogs lost to South Carolina last weekend. But uh, I went down there a few years ago with a bunch of buddies of mine and watched Jason play Sanford Stadium. So that was the first time I had ever been to Athens. This past weekend was the first time that I've ever spent any appreciable time down there. Downtown, how cool, like it's just so cool. There's a really artsy kind of vibe to it. And some of the more prominent bands of my youth are from Athens. REM, uh, the B-52s. Do you even know about these bands, Travis? I know those two. Yeah, I've heard of them. Uh, What is the B-52s' biggest hit? Is it the Love Shack? It is the Love Shack. What about Rock Lobster? Uh, I've heard the song before, but I I don't think I could say one lyric. So, yeah, man, bands like that came from Athens, and... I just loved it. And the crowd was off the hook. Crowd was phenomenal. And we had a lot of fun. One of the funniest moments I've had, uh, in, in recent times in TV. Fine. We dressed fine bomb up in the spike pads. Yes. Please and get into this. This is, I was watching was, when this happened. It was, it was crazy. So I'll back up to Friday. Friday morning, I go into the football facility at Georgia because my knee is wrecked. Like I, I've been. For an entire week, I limped around the house. I bitched and moaned and cried about it. And Laney's like, dude, go to the doctor. 
And, and I know you guys had implored me, go to the doctor. Well, I didn't go to the doctor. I waited until I got to Georgia and I went to the training room. First thing Friday morning, I go to the training room and I walk in there and I, you know, shake hands with the staff and say hello. And they, they prop me up on this table and I'm sitting there on this table and Ron Corson comes out and he's the head dude down there. All right. Ron's the man. He's a head guy. So he comes out and he's, he's wiggling my knee and he's pulling my knee and he's comparing it. It's my left knee that's messed up, comparing it to my right knee. And so he ultimately goes through the whole thing. Does this hurt? Does that hurt? Well, dude, you have no, you, good news is you have torn nothing. You are cool there. Structurally, you're all good. Awesome. That's great news. He said, well, does this hurt? Nope. Does this hurt? Nope. And I said, you know what I'm worried about, Ron? I'm worried that I've broken my tibia. I'm worried I broke my shin. And so he starts like tapping on my shin with his finger, kind of like a, like a one of those. And he's like, do you, do you feel that? Like, is that hurt? I'm like, nah, man, it doesn't hurt at all. He goes, and you ain't broke anything. Cause if you've broken something, you'd be coming off that table right now. And so I'm all good, man. And I high five those guys. They give me this compression sleeve. Then what is that giant like knot on your knee? Or has that gone away? It's it's still there. Uh, it's still this point, but it's not near the swelling's gone. And, but the point is absolutely still there. So whatever. I'm all good. The pain has started to dissipate. Um, and I'm, I'm back to doing physical activities. So I'm fine. I'll live, but as I'm leaving the facility, who walks directly up to me and says, what's up? But Goldberg. And being a wrestling guy, I was like, what's up, man? You know, like I'm all amped up to meet him and, and say hello to him. I am so embarrassed, Travis. I had no idea. Zero clue. First of all, that this dude was a college football player. But second, that he was as good a college football player as he was. How aware are you of Bill Goldberg's career at Georgia? I knew he was a pretty good football player. I, I, the extent I will admit, I didn't know. I don't know how great he was, but I knew that he played at Georgia and was a good football player. I had no idea how good this dude was. All right, get this. Two-time All-SEC defensive lineman at the University of Georgia back in the 80s. All right. I didn't even know he played at Georgia, much less that he was all conference. Were you like, hey, uh, what are you doing here? No, I was not that stupid. I saw that he had on Georgia gear, and I just, like, I started, you know, discussing the streak with him and, and all the stuff from, from his WWE days. And just chatting him up about that, met his son. His son's 13, Cameron's age. And so it was awesome to meet those guys. And... And then he comes over. I was in the midst of preparing for the show later in the day, and he comes over to go on the Feinbaum show. Well, as he's on the Feinbaum show, I learn that this dude had 348 tackles. 348 tackles at Georgia. That's a lot. And I didn't even know he played there. That is ninth all time. On the Georgia career tackles list. I just, I, 
He had 121 tackles in one season in 1989. And, I, you know, I just, I don't know, it's funny. He was on the SEC Nation show and grabbed Feinbaum by the neck, and we were all just cutting up and laughing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, man, maybe I should. He didn't have to apply a whole lot of pressure to Paul's neck to do some serious damage. I could tell that, like, he wasn't really, like, you know, grabbing him, but I was still kind of scared for Paul because he's not like the biggest. He's kind of, you know, small and frail looking. So I was still worried that Goldberg on accident might actually choke Feinbaum. The funniest part to me was I'm sitting there watching this unfold live on TV and it's completely unscripted. You know, like we don't know what's about to happen. Paul reaches up and palms Goldberg's forehead like a basketball. And it tickled me so much. I have no idea why this little old skinny hand on this massive dome and it just cracked me up and Tebow was funny. He was like, did, did y'all hug him? Did any of y'all like, you know, hit him on the arm? Goldberg's hard as a brick, dude. Hard as a brick. And that's coming Even from Tebow. His, and that's coming from Tebow. The biggest piece of feedback I've gotten from posting a picture of that was, is Goldberg that much smaller than I thought or is Tebow that much bigger than I thought? Trust me, it's the latter. Tebow is jacked dude he's a big boy man though i need to he is a big old boy i need to call you out though with the goldberg is after paul and goldberg's little deal your high five was just oh it was so unfortunate it there's not much that's more embarrassing than either being left hanging or trying to have a bro moment and missing would you rather be left hanging or have a bro moment and miss i I, I, like, I, I'm trying to wrap up the segment, move along to whatever you know, the next thing was. And he comes over and he's going to like, you know, give me a hug. Where, and I go to like dap him up. And Travis, we just missed. It was a swing and a miss, total whiff. And I was like, oh man, we're going to become a gift. It, that should have been a sign that George's day was just not going to be good. That's a good point. And boy, George's day was not good. Before we get into Georgia, you got to shout out Will Muschamp. What a win for Columbia, South Carolina. He's our guy. Everybody knows that. They've seen him on the SEC commercials with McGee and me. I, I don't think it's any coincidence the, that he does commercials with you guys and he gets this big win. Like I, I, I think it goes hand in hand. Well, I think he'd probably written us off because he did a commercial with us and has had a very disappointing season. And then that win, though, man, the the, the – what that win is, there's a certain level of validation in it for a lot of people. There's, it, it kind of removes that narrative, at least for the time being, of he's on the hot seat. It was a, a pro, a, a program defining win under him during his tenure at, at South Carolina. And there was just a lot of layers to it. And we've been giving him a whole ration of grief about those glasses he's wearing with the readers. Uh, because, look, man, when, you, when you're on the sideline, like all the guys, Coach Muschamp, Coach Fisher down at Texas A&M, they got these glasses hanging off the end of their noses so they can read their play cards. And it's just it's hilarious to me. Like it, it, they look like they look like they should be Harry Potter characters or something. They they look like my grandpa and they, and like their lazy boy reading you know the newspaper and doing the crossword puzzle. Well, he's two and zero oh, wearing the readers, and uh, if I were him, I'd keep them forever. He needs to get a sponsorship. Tough one this, 
It don't get any easier this weekend, man. They got the Gators this weekend. Think about this. He plays his alma mater, and then the following week, the school that said goodbye to him. That's right. And uh, so congratulations to them. But what's this game mean for Georgia? I don't know what this game means for Georgia because they still have November 2nd, which is the cocktail party when they play Florida. And that one is still going to decide, in my opinion, the SEC East. We'll see. Uh, that's another layer of the Georgia loss is that that's in their league. That's in their half of the league. So Missouri, our boy Barry Odom, is at the top of the league right now. Let's go. And they laid an egg against Wyoming to start the season, which was unacceptable. And he'll tell you that right to, I mean, he'll, he'll say it until he passes out from lack of oxygen. They just biffed in that game against Wyoming. Let the Cowboys run all over them. And now here they sit. They've not lost since. They have a lot of, of fire and uh, I can't wait to see how all this unfolds in the SEC East. Suddenly I'll, there's all this intrigue. I'll tell you what it means for Georgia is they no longer have a net. No, they don't control. I mean, like, y- y- they can win out and still have a chance. If they win out, they'll be, they'll, they'll get in because that means they're the SEC champion, but they can't lose another game or else now they're flirting with not making it because that you had, when once you lose that first game, that's your net. And after that, you have to run the table usually. All right, so let me look at this schedule. All right, so so Georgia has Kentucky this weekend, and then they have an open date. They're, they have a bye. Then they have the cocktail party. Then they have Missouri. Then they have Auburn. Then they have Texas A&M. Lord. <laughs> and they can't lose. I, and they can't lose. Yeah, you can't lose. And they're at Auburn. They're uh they're at home against Mizzou and A&M and Kentucky this weekend. So and of course the Florida game is a neutral site game in Jacksonville. So uh man, I uh that was a tough one, man. That was a tough one. And I love Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. He's a first-class young man. I mean, everybody has a bad day. Fromm had a tough day, and uh, he'll learn from it because that's just how he's made. I mean, he, he – look, man, again, we've said it until we uh, – we've said it so many times. There is no moment too big for him. He doesn't know pressure. Just because he had a bad game doesn't mean anything. I mean, everybody has a bad day every now and then. So, going to be able to appeal climb now for the dogs. And for from the other tough part is he's also having to deal with the, well, what is Justin Fields doing at Ohio State? They, Who why, cares? But, but I agree with you, no, but that's that something that doesn't matter. But that's something that he also you know, has to find a way to handle. Now, I have a feeling that he probably goes out and fish and doesn't worry about it. But that's just another layer that that Georgia team has to deal is. with. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that even enters his mind. Like who, if you're Jake Fromm, who cares? Like Justin Fields decided to leave because you were so good. Justin Fields 
has proven that he's a very good football player and is really, really dynamic in every facet of the game. But in talking, like yesterday, I was hosting College Football Live yesterday, and I appreciated what Joey Galloway said. It's going to be interesting to see what, how Fields plays when they play against a defense that can get to him, that gives him a little bit of static right in his face, coming up the middle at him. And look, what he's doing in Ryan Day's offense, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, he is balling. So I'm not taking, like, in no way, shape, or form am I disparaging Justin Fields' amazing production. And what a great player he is, because he is. But why would Jake Fromm give a damn? Jake Fromm don't care. Jake Fromm, I mean, Justin Fields came in and got a little bit of run last year and then realized, I ain't getting no run. I'm out of here. Agree, but it is it can be hard, if, especially if he's on Twitter and seeing that you've got your fans. I just don't think he's wired like that, Travis. I, well, I just don't. I don't think Jake Fromm is wired that well, way. Well, you, you know I him think, more than most, so I'll go with you. I don't know him as well as some. But I, I think I know him well enough to know that he is completely disinterested with any narrative that has to do with Justin Fields. And that's that. Uh, he, look, he's an alpha. It, Jake Fromm is an, is as alpha a quarterback as I've been around during my time covering college football and his ability Despite the fact that he did have a tough day against South Carolina, his ability to run that offense is the rarest of the rare. And here's why I say that. Because his coaching staff hands him the playbook and says, switch to whatever play you see will work. Which doesn't happen in college football. I feel like Deshaun Watson probably had that clearance when he was at Clemson. I don't know to what level Burrow has that right now. I don't know to what level Tua has that right now. I've not been kind of inside those programs and had those conversations with the coaching staffs and the players this season like I have in the past. But there's only the selectest few. Maybe it's the select fewest. I don't know. I like selectest. We're going to go with that. I like that word. Me too. If it ain't a word, well, it's a word here on the Marty Smith's America podcast. In Marty's Miss America, we have selectist. Very few players are given that leniency and that latitude and that responsibility. And Fromm most certainly has it. Speaking of, you mentioned his name, Joe Burrow. Can we get into that performance Saturday night? That's my dude. And... I hope I don't sound redundant. Very rarely in my life have I been around anyone. Like, true self-confidence is noticeable, right? There are people who posture. There are people who want you to believe that they have a certain level of self-confidence. Hopefully, I'm not getting preachy here. Travis, if I'm getting preachy, you better let me know. Calm down. Calm down, boy. You're getting preachy. Uh... Joe Burrow's self-confidence is off the charts. And I don't consider it to be cocky. Maybe I'm blind. Like some people look at how he operates and they see cockiness. I do not. I see complete command, complete belief in yourself 
in your system, in your production, in your teammates, in your coaches, in your environment, that you cannot fail. And then when you've done it and somebody's giving you static, you can wave goodbye. He just, like, before the week, he just didn't care. Like, he's just going to say what's on his mind. I don't like Florida. They don't like me. I'm good with that. Like, I know. I love it. Like, I just, again, you don't see that very often. And then what happens when, when that is the leader of your team and he is the undisputed leader of that team? Then all of a sudden, Justin Jefferson comes on Marty and McGee and I pose the question to him, how do you guys react within the locker room when the leader of your offense and your team says those types of things? Oh, we, that's accurate. We don't like them. We don't like them at all. And we're coming for their heads. And they are that self-confident in what they're doing. And then it's like Kid Rock always says, it ain't cocky if you back it up. It's just the truth. And I marvel at their offensive production. Uh, Florida is a really good defense. Todd Grantham is an elite defensive coordinator who confuses everybody he plays. And Joe Burrow went 21 of 24 for 293 and three scores and put 42 on the board. Death Valley is an unbelievable environment. I, I, look, I had a great Saturday night. I went to see Chief play in Philly. I'm cool. Laney and I had a blast, but I was a little bit envious of my colleagues who got to be there, Herbie and Fowler and, and, and Tom Rinaldi and those folks who got to call that game. What an environment. How was Eric swag- and I sat there at intermission of his show and watched the game. How was Swagoo we- during SEC Nation? Unglued. And we got, okay, so we got to the, to the stage. We got to the bus at, I think I got there at maybe 6.50, somewhere around in there in the morning. I'm a little neurotic about preparation and, and how I prepare. And I'm finally starting to get some sort of idea of how my week should unfold in this role. And how my Friday afternoon and night and Saturday morning should operate. I don't really know yet, but I'm getting closer. And so I get to the bus around seven for a 10 o'clock show. Six, if we're in the central time zone, I'll get there at six. I'd like to have about a three hour window. So I don't have the anxiety of, all right, we're on TV in an hour. I can, I can pour through my notes and everything to make sure that I have little anecdotal things to tee the guys up. So I got there first, and I'm in the bus, and Tim comes in because he had Sports Center, and then Marcus comes in. Those two were hilarious. Did you see what I put on my Instagram story? I did. That wasn't like made up. We didn't, I didn't go, all right, guys, let's have a fake me out moment where you guys are talking about your alma maters. Hell no. I just said, all right, boys, I'm turning on the Instagram. What you got? And that's, and they went. And I said, like, well, okay, look. Now I'm on, ta- now it's tangent time. It's Marty tangent time. They played. All right. So LSU's staff, their video staff put together a hype video about Death Valley, which was phenomenal. Have you seen this oh, thing? Oh. 
Man, I want to strap up and knock the hell out of something. It is so well done. That entire VO. And it's just like all of the, whoever wrote that, high five, man. Whoever wrote that, you get a pat on the butt. It's so intense. It's like, it's, it's, com- it's, it's composed intensity. And you juxtapose that composed intensity with the completely unglued pirates that they show in the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, the sun has made its way toward the western sky and soon it will be Saturday night in Death Valley. I mean, it just doesn't get like, better. I'm getting kind of chills just hearing you say it. Because it doesn't get better. And the fact that like, I know what it's like there, and, and as uh, Ed Orgeron said it in his pregame interview, it's where dreams come to die. If I don't know if we're allowed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call LSU today. When you and I get done, I'm gonna call LSU and ask them if, if you can use that, you can use that in our podcast. People have to hear Let's that. Let's just, we'll just put it in and we'll call them and apologize if they get upset. That sounds like a great idea. All right. So I have a lot of yeah. friends down there. They'll get over it. Yeah. It is a pantheon of concrete and steel. It rises defiantly in the Delta, alongside the Father of Waters. It is the humidity of autumn evenings that drapes stately oaks and broad magnolias. It is haunted, and it is loud. If you ain't a gator, you get a bait. It is a Louisiana gumbo of humanity that cheers its tigers to victory and destroys the dreams of invading foes. It is the cathedral of college football, and worship happens here. When the sun finds its home in the western sky, it is a field of glory for sure. This is what it's all about. The 11 guys going as hard as they can every single snack for 60 minutes. It is a sacred place. And it is Saturday night in Death Valley. It's just, it's the intensity. So anyway, where I'm going with that whole tangent, in the middle of the SEC Nation show, we ran it. I thought Spears was going to tear off his shirt, get down in a four-point stance, and tackle Tim Tebow. I thought he was going to take out the whole set. Like, he was, he was like, like, his fists were clenched, his teeth were clenched, his eyes were narrowed, he was up on his haunches, he was ready to go, man. And that never leaves you. That's what I love that about college. That was a first team all American 15 years ago. That's what I love about college football is that never leaves. When you leave the NFL, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of miss it, but that is what I love about college football because it will bring you back. Spears went to the game. If he wasn't on every single damn television show we have on the network this morning, I would have him on. Because I would love, he's actually somewhere near you right now. He's in Bristol. Uh, Oh, yeah, he is in Bristol. If I see him wandering the Look, hallways, I'll just grab him. I, like, I, I can't imagine what that atmosphere was like. It's as good as it gets. And so anyway, that those guys were both juiced up. And Tim told a great story about 
when he played against LSU and they got his cell phone number. And, <laughs> and that was a long night for, for Mr. Tebow. I can only but, imagine a guy, a person of Tim Tebow's stature with your number being given out. Oh man. I think you might need to turn that phone off. Just throw it away. So look, man, this is, this is shaping up to be an amazing run to the finish. Because if you think about the round robin that still must unfold, okay, you have LSU and Auburn, LSU and Bama, the Iron Bowl, all those games that Georgia still has to play that we've already mentioned. It, that, that's nuts. Oklahoma got over what's probably their biggest hurdle. And Jalen Hurts is just just on another he, he's on an, in another stratosphere with the way that he's playing in Lincoln Riley's offense he went around the back to avoid a sack he went around the back man I mean that is some schoolyards. he stuff. went white chocolate on him I want to see something let me get on the interweb here real quick does Oklahoma play Baylor yeah they play them all it's around robin right okay 11 16 November 16th Oklahoma is at Baylor that one's going to have a lot of juice. Baylor's good, bro. Baylor's sneaky undefeated right now. And, and they, you know, Matt Rule has that thing going. He's got it humming. And let's see. Let me look at Baylor's schedule before that. Well, it's not easy. They have Oklahoma State this weekend. Uh, then they have a weekend off. Then on Halloween, they have West Virginia at home. TCU's down this year. They got a lot. Of, they got a lot of tough games ahead. Well, that's actually. the that's the thing about with this conference is so Oklahoma gets past Texas, and any other conference, you're you're good. You got past your big one, your rival. There's a chance they have to play again, like last year. Remember last year, Texas won the first round, and OU came back and got it. So there's that's a right. chance that OU has to face Texas again. Yeah, I was actually I was actually speaking about Baylor's schedule. Baylor. I was sorry. I was probably again tangent, Marty. I went off on a tangent there. Yeah, ba- yeah. Um, Baylor still been. There. Baylor has everything in front of them. They, I mean, Baylor has everything in back front to back of them. weeks. They have Texas. They have Oklahoma, Texas. Oh yeah, you're right. They sure do. I'm looking at that now. Yeah, that ain't gonna be easy. So Not there's their, there's your the battle right there. Uh, but look, man, I'm impressed because don't when when when. Matt Rule got to Baylor. That thing was a dumpster fire of epic proportions. And what are their, their positive? I saw him on the top 25 show last night with Reese and Pollock and Galloway and those guys. Herbie. Uh, because why? Because they're playing really well. Uh, so man, it's fun. I just, it, it, there's so many teams. How many teams do you think are still in it, man? I say, I think Georgia's still in it. I'm counting them. Georgia's still Georgia's alive. still in it. Alabama, LSU. Auburn, uh, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Is Notre Dame still in it? Yes. Is Oregon still in it? Mm, yes. I think Oregon still, still has keep a them, say. If you, if you were with one loss in the Power Five, I'm still keeping you in it. Florida? They're in it, but I just don't, I don't see it, but they're, yes, cause they could still run the table. Who am I missing? 
Clemson. Then you have high, the high. I don't know if you said Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. Hell, even unfortunately, the school up north is tech, I, I, they're still alive. They're five and one. Yeah, that's man. what I'm saying. Like the, the, as bad as this season has been for them, and I they're hope it gets worse. One. They go to. I think they go to Penn State this weekend. So like everything is in front of them. They had that debacle against uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, but they have Penn State. They have Notre Dame. They have Michigan State. They have Ohio State all in front of them. They sure do. And, and dude, like that would be an, the ultimate middle finger. If Harbaugh, after all the trash talk everybody's throwing at him, could come back. He, if, if look, if they beat Penn State on the road during a whiteout, that would be a major league statement. But, uh, here's the thing. They're not winning against Ohio State. I'm just calling it Who out. Who knows, man? It's, it's at, it's in Ann Arbor and, We've seen Stranger Things, man. We have, but we'll, we'll Look, find out you, what you it, guys like. You guys on paper are far and away right now a better team, but I mean, I, I would I would venture to say that Iowa and Wisconsin are both better than anybody y'all have played yet. Is that fair? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Okay. Now the the, the thing I'm interested in seeing is Penn State's defense. Really good, but their offense has been kind of well. And then same so, for Michigan. Yeah, so I'm Michigan's offense is just tough, boy. Woo. So we'll find that, out exactly what these teams are this weekend. I'm interested because I don't know a whole lot about Sean Clifford at Penn State, so I'm curious to see what he can do. And like you said, at home, those wideouts at Penn State. We just talked about LSU and their environment. Electric, it's right. It's it's right behind LSU. It is. It's electric, and those. I love their, you know, I'm, I'm, we do the Taco Bell student section of the week, live my student section of the week every week. Myself and Reese Davis and Molly and Chase Rice and our little conglomerate that, that, that kind of votes on that and, and goes around the country to see it. Penn State is elite when it comes to, they, I think we talked about it on the podcast. They went to Maryland and took over. And I love their passion. What do I have to do to get a, a couple free cheese that crunches out of this Taco Bell thing? Man, I got you, bro. You but, know, look, all you got to do is ask. All right. I need, I just don't, you know, a little bit, but I know people, man. But back to their, it's insane because Ohio State always gets, usually there when they go to Penn State, it's always going to be night game and whiteout. And it's unreal. The second anything goes well for Penn State, the crowd just goes berserk. They do. And I love, they do a really good job. And a lot of schools are doing that. They incorporate music in now in a really cool way. And that really adds to the atmosphere. There's never a lull. At Clemson, there's never a lull. They got a DJ there. Yeah, High State added a DJ this year. Yeah, then they should. It's important, man, to keep that energy up. And so many schools are doing such a good job at that now. I just can't wait. So I guess you and I probably believe at this point that there's 15, 16 schools still have a – what about like Boise State? No. Boise State got any say? I mean, they need For me the answer is no. They need help. They would need yeah. they need they would need a like a 2007 season chaos for that They're to undefeated happen. though, right? They're undefeated, but unfortunately for them they're non-power 5, they're so non, now non-power 5. They need conference champions to have two losses. Yep. And so we we probably have on our list uh 16 or so schools. And I think that's a fair number. I think that's a fair number at this point in the season. We're halfway through. I can't believe we're halfway through the season. Uh, and it's been a good one. Uh, Philadelphia was awesome on Saturday night. I left Athens and, and flew up to Philly 
Uh, Lainey was already up there, and, and we saw some of her family and went to the chief show, and it was just awesome. And it just blows my mind. It's a great time, man. And did you see the stagecoach lineup, dude? I was just going to bring that up to you. Oh, I, my goodness. I sent that to you uh, yesterday, and what I told you was, holy bleep, what a lineup. It's Postmasters, so uh, it's the week before I go to the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to stagecoach, man. Can we take the podcast there? I think that's a question that's above you and me. <laughs> However, uh, I would be just fine with that. I uh, I mean, it is an unbelievable lineup. Let me get – let me see. So the third day is is the best day. Sunday is Chief, Alan Jackson, John Party, Brian Adams, Chris Lane, Riley Green, who's a beast, Neil McCoy. Let's go. Shenandoah, and several others. I, I mean, dude, what a lineup. Eric's headlining, AJ and Party. Brian Adams, look, how familiar are you with Brian Adams' work, dude? I know some songs or two. I mean, he he has some killer songs. Cuts Like a Knife, Summer of 69 is forever and ever copyright action. So So I'll be seeing Eric's coming up here, and I bought myself a ticket in November. So I'll be seeing him before this. Is it... Crazy that I'm almost more excited for the Neil McCoy Shenandoah part of this uh, stagecoach no, act. No, no, that's not. Uh, that's fine. Like that's just fine. I mean, in the days before, you have Thomas Rhett, Dustin Lynch, Carrie Underwood, ZZ Top, Marty Stewart. Like it's unreal. Pretty cool, man. What do you know about Ryan Bingham? You ever heard of Ryan Bingham? I will admit, I I do not know a single thing. He has. So, so he's a really good writer and he has this one song. Have you ever seen Crazy Heart? I have not. Okay. Jeff Bridges plays Bad Blake and he, Bad Blake is this amazing character. He's a country music singer from a bygone era who's still touring around and going to bowling alleys and little old tiny hole in the wall cafes to play his songs that he wrote back in the 70s that were hits back then in the, in the early 80s and all the young studs are coming up and they're headlining now and Colin Farrell plays like the young hip stud who is, is who Bad Blake kind of gave his break. And so Bad Blake is playing all these little tiny holes in the wall. He's an alcoholic. He is a complete and total mess, but he has such a sweet soul. And in within that movie on the soundtrack, there's a song called The Weary Kind that Ryan Bingham wrote and performed. And, dude, it is so great. I wish I could sing it for you, but, again, we can't afford I, that. I will uh, make that my homework. You, you, you have a lot of homework today. I mean, you got to go listen to the weary kind, and you got to go listen to "I Can Still Make Cheyenne." I, well, I know the song, but I'll listen to it again to understand it more. But I'll put "Crazy Heart" up, up at the top. There, there's a few. Did you know Jeff Bridges can sing? 
I he didn't. sang. There are two songs that he has in the Crazy Heart movie. One of them's called "Fallen and Flying." That needs to be on your homework list too. It's unbelievably written. There's a line in that song where he says, "Funny how fallen feels like flying for a little while." Think about that, dude. Funny how falling feels like flying for a little while. And he's singing the song. Jeff Bridges is singing the song. So those, those amazing artists in Hollywood blow my mind because so many of them are also awesome singers. Wasn't it Gwyneth Paltrow who did some country, country strong or whatever yeah, that movie I think she so. did was? And several of the, of the great actors also can sing their tails off. And Bridges is in that well, group, man. Bradley Cooper was the most recent. Right. I mean, he, he went and changed his voice too. worked like changed Super, it. What was that movie called? Uh, shallow with uh, Lady Gaga. Is it called shallow? Yeah. A, a star is born. Else. That's right. A star is a born. Star the, so- is born. the song That's is called it. shallow. The movie is a star is born and he went and changed his voice and, is just a phenomenal singer. Hey, that guy's talented, man. Those Bradley people, Cooper. Those are the people on. that I kind of hate in, a, in like a, a way that like, all right, dude, you're good looking, you're a great actor. Now you have to throw singing into the mix. Like, can you give us other like normal guys a chance? We're so fortunate to have experienced that. Like I tell, I say that all the time about Michael Jordan. My kids didn't have the opportunity to experience that phenomenon. And, it was a different phenomenon than we have now. Like my kids are experiencing LeBron and this whole Mary Cat, uh, uh, Tom Brady, but it's different, man, because of the internet, because of social media, because they can get whatever they want to get immediately. We had to go watch the game. Or and, you have to wake up and hope that you caught sports at the right time to catch the highlight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or uh NBA inside stuff. Remember that show? Yes. You were too young. I, I don't know if you or remember that. Or Hannah Storm got her start, I think, there. Or uh here's a little Marty tangent, a little side. I remember waking up and you try to find if your school's delayed or canceled, you have to wait for the scroll to come by and you hope that oh, you that caught so it at cool. the right time to see. Like I went to Shawnee, so I'm like, oh, crap, I just we're at the T's, I gotta wait till it comes around again. These kids these days, like, get a text message. School's I canceled. Love that. Wasn't that the coolest sensation? Yes! Or the TV guide? Yes! You're waiting for it to come by to see what's on that channel? Oh. Man, I miss those days, dude. Though, the one thing that kids don't have anymore is the excuse, I'll do it next commercial. Because now you can like, just pause the TV and go do the dishes now. I could be like, well, wait till commercial and I'll do it. I so, was the remote. Oh, yeah. You were, yeah. I'm a little younger than you. Speaking of no excuses, did you know there are no excuses about hiring your employees now, Travis? Not anymore. You know Not anymore there aren't. It you know, it can be a really slow process. However, there's ZipRecruiter, and that's really all you need. Just ask Dylan Miskowitz. He's the COO of Cafe Altura. He needed a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, of which I've gotten no product yet. But he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So you know what he did, Travis? He went to ZipRecruiter. That's right. He went to ZipRecruiter. They don't just depend on candidates finding you. They find them for you. 
The technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates immediately. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter, said he was so impressed by how quickly great candidates applied, and he also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter the applicants so he could focus on the relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee. It only took a couple days. With results like that, it's no wonder four of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter have a quality candidate the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of every size. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Zero dollars, zero cents at ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What a great podcast. I don't even know what we talked about, but hey, we got it done. I think it's great. Yeah, I have no idea what we did. Sometimes it's difficult. Uh because, you know, what you should do is you should maybe start keeping a log of all the tangents we go well, on. Well, do you remember when I would do that for the Marty McGee show? So maybe that's what I'll start to do. And then we recap it at the end of the show and see exactly where we started and where we ended up. I was going to tell something about my book, but I'm going to hold off a little while. And there's some really cool news coming. I'll leave you with that tease. I'm curious. I don't even know this. I'm a little. I haven't told anybody, man. Three people know, and I'll explain it later. It'll probably be two or three shows from now, something like that, when I really can dive in and and really detail what it is. But it is one of the greatest, The it, it's one of the most important things that's ever happened revolving around anything that had to do with my career. If that ain't a tease, I don't know what it is. We'll end the pod so, right there. Yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave it there. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. I hope it was fun. Let us know. Uh, again, some of you guys, a lot of you guys have made it very clear that you enjoy when Travis and I just rap. And so that's what we've started to try to do. In the next couple weeks, we have amazing interviews with two amazing guests that are so interesting. I'm so stoked. And I, I just can't wait for y'all to hear them. One of them, I mean, my, my appreciation for both of them is beyond measure. Uh, I will say both of them have been a part of some of the greatest times of my life, and both of them have buoyed some of the hardest times of my life. How about that for a tease? That's great. And I'll also add, Marty, you were talking about leaving reviews. One person asked us when we're talking about the different beers that we're trying whenever we're traveling or wherever – to say the names because they too want to try those specific beers. So we'll do a better job of mentioning the different can of beers that we have so that you too can partake in them. Absolutely. We should do that. That's our debt to society. All right. I'll do it right now. As I said, we were just in Athens, Georgia, a great beer town. They have a brewing company there. They have a, a, a brewery called Creature Comforts. Phenomenal beer. The boys and I lived off of Tropicalia. It's an IPA and it's, it's really good, man. Has like a citrus kind of vibe to it at the end. The finish is really citrusy and hoppy and it was so good. I mean, we, I, I was there for two nights. I probably had six or seven of them, something like that. And yeah, you gotta be careful because you can't, you, like you said, you can't go Dukes of Hazard on Saturday morning. 
You, you got to. Oh, you, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't, I don't I, like, okay. So we were on Friday evening at like, we went out to dinner, myself, McGee, Baron Miller, my producer. Yeah, it's like a show staff Nation. family dinner. Exactly. Tom McCollum who runs SEC network and we're out and we, we go to this fancy Athens place. We walk in there and it's one of these like super frou frou and the, the attendant who's checking people in the, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hostess? hostess, host. It was a, it was a dude host. So the host, he goes, Oh yeah, yeah. We put you guys on the list. It'd be two and a half, three hours. <laughs> I, my head whipped around so fast. I about broke my neck. I was like, excuse me. He goes, yeah. Our wait right now is about two and a half or three hours. I was like, all right, we're going to move on down the highway. Y'all be good. <laughs> so. We leave there and we're just walking down the sidewalk, kind of looking for places. Do we want to go in this brewery? Do we want this bar? And then we saw what a mellow mushroom. Oh, we walk in the mellow mushroom. It's packed to the gills. Everywhere was downtown Athens, as you could imagine, night four game, a noon kickoff, no less. And we go into the mellow mushroom and the, the young lady, the hostess says, it's going to be about two hours. I was like, wow. What okay. The? I look over in the very corner and I see four seats way over in the corner of the bar empty. I said, can we go? Is that part of the bar? Is that seat yourself? She goes, take them. We went right over there. So we sit down and we're staring at the sidewalk. We're like staring out a window. Our backs are to the bar. And so we start having a couple people there were so nice to us. We had shots offered to us. People bought us rounds of beers. People offered to buy our dinners. Just so unbelievably nice. I need to just go along. And so when you can't accept these beverages because you have to be in control of yourself, then I will just take them on behalf of you and thank them on behalf of you right. for said shots and beers. It's so funny. The waitress was funny. I was like, I'm okay. Thank you. She was like, what? I said, I pr promise I'm okay. She was like, who says no to... Someone buying you beer. I said, I, it's I, a valid I gotta question. Kind of be on my, I gotta be on my A game before the dawn. So I appreciate it. If, if any of these other guys want them, they can have them, but just please tell them thank you so much. I got up and walked over and thanked them so much for their kindness and, and their generosity, but I just couldn't accept it this time. If you ever see me at a country music show, I'm your guy. Pass me everything in sight, you, man. you weren't allowed to say no, and you you took one on Saturday. I uh, man, when I was at when I was at the show on Saturday evening, oh my, whoa, that blood alcohol content got to a. I mean, I could have gone to the moon if you'd have lit me on fire. <laughs> I was a human wick. You liked that, didn't you? All right. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to end the pot off of that. We need to shut this popcorn stand down. We've been rapping for an hour. Thank you all for hanging out. We appreciate it. Thanks so much to Louise, Dan, and Stu, and Mike, and everybody involved in the Levitard and Friends podcast network. They have made us, and we're so appreciative for that. Y'all support them. Support Sarah Spain. That's what she said. Support Mina Kimes, even though she's now the president of ESPN, I think. She's everywhere, and deservedly so. She's everywhere. Uh, she's everywhere. She's everywhere. And she, man, what a talent. Uh, she deserves every bit of it. What a super cool person too. Yeah, she'll be doing the ESPN uh, Daily now too, along with her I other. Oh, I saw that. Y'all check that out too. That's a huge deal, not only for her but for the company, ESPN Daily Podcast. And uh, I've already subscribed to it. <laughs> it choked me up. It's so good. Um, 
So y'all check that out too. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country keeping our community safe. Really appreciate our military uh, here in the States working hard for us every single day abroad, making sure that we live in a free country. We live in a free country, man. What an amazing blessing. Thank you to our military. If y'all see somebody wearing one of those hats, you go say thank you. That might be preachy. If that's preachy, forgive me. I'm very passionate about that. Have an awesome day. This is Marty Smith's America Podcast, Volume 75. Man, that was a good one.